Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome. Welcome. Hot Rod Magazines, a harmless diversion. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Here's physicist Melissa Franklin. In 1965, Eleanor M. Robinson wrote a treatise called Hot Rod Magazines, A Harmless Diversion. It was published in a publication called The English Journal. The English Journal is mostly about the English language, not so much about English people. The treatise has a little introduction from the editor of The English Journal. While teaching at Royalton Heartland Central School, Miss Robinson made this brief analysis of several Hot Rod Magazines. Currently, she is teaching English in the Niagara County Community College in Niagara Falls, New York. Robinson begins with a bit of diplomacy. Though teachers try to direct student reading to works of recognized merit, they are frequently chagrined to discover that the material a student chooses is not included in recommended lists. Robinson is no longer chagrined if she ever was. By the way, Melissa, have you ever been chagrined? I was once chagrined. It was terrible. I was chagrined on the street. What city? Edmonton. (laughs) You're one of those people who was chagrined in Edmonton? Yes, I was. Let's get back to Robinson. Robinson is determined. She now immediately specifies the thing that, in her professional view, needs to be assessed to see whether that thing is indeed a source of danger. Much of the reading time of high school boys is devoted to a relatively new type of periodical, the Hot Rod Magazine, which has developed since World War II. This was in 1965, remember. Where do these particular dangerous Hot Rod Magazine things come from? As publishers realize that there is an almost insatiable demand for information about racing and customized automobiles, this kind of magazine has multiplied. In newsstands, long racks filled with hot rod magazines now counterbalances the racks of love story and movie magazines. Students are young. Young persons are, some of them, shockingly unappreciative of dangers that wiser, older persons might recognize and appreciate. Robinson sounds the alert for the specific wise, older persons who especially ought to recognize and appreciate the danger posed by hot rod magazines. English teachers should be aware of any material which has such a great appeal for students. You sound angry. No. Well, you should. It's written by somebody who seems pretty angry. (laughs) I'm a little upset. What are you upset about? I'm upset... I'm upset. I'm I'm feeling her pain. Robinson analyzes what exactly makes Hot Rod magazines so dangerous. 
a careful analysis of one issue each of hot rod, speed and custom, rod and custom, and car life, reveals a style deliberately aimed at teenagers who are seeking a sense of identity, and the fact that hot rod magazine editors seem unaware of the rules of English syntax, grammar, punctuation, and spelling. You may yourself have a quibble with that sentence we just heard, that sentence that Eleanor M. Robinson wrote in the year 1965. You may feel that that sentence could be written a touch more clearly. Let's listen to that sentence again, but this time we'll add two words right smack into the middle of that sentence to clarify a point of possibly slightly murky unclarity. A careful analysis of one issue each of Hot Rod Speed and Custom, Rod and Custom, and Car Life reveals a style deliberately aimed at teenagers who are seeking a sense of identity and also reveals the fact that Hot Rod magazine editors seem unaware of the rules of English syntax, grammar, punctuation, and spelling. There, that also reveals, clarifies things, doesn't it? It does. It was a bad sentence. We can't say it's a bad sentence because it was written by an English teacher. It was a, difficult to parse. It was parse. It was imparsable. <laughs> After this point, Robinson pushes her hot rod magazine analytic probe deep into the danger zone. The combination of technical and slang words, blended with the frequent use of the first and second person, gives the text both psychological and emotional appeal. There is a freedom in the use of slang which tells the teenage boy that he is now one of the men. Only teenage boys read these magazines? Is that in accord with your, your knowledge of hot rod magazines in the early 1960s? I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that some female English teachers also read them. She seems to talk about it in an appealing way, in an almost sexual way. Was there, I hesitate not very much to ask, was there something going on with English teachers and teenage boys in the early 1960s? There may have been something about English teachers and hot rods. Hmm. Robinson draws attention to the power of individual hot rod magazine words. A specialized vocabulary, including coined words like gasser. Did you say gasser? Gasser. Could you say gasser again? Gasser. A racer fueled with gasoline rather than the usual alcohol nitromethane mixture. That's what a gasser is? Apparently. And new meanings like lunch as a synonym for ruin, amounts to the unique wording of an initiation liturgy. It sets those who know in a special group which excludes those who do not. How is lunch, lunch. a synonym for ruin? As in, I ate his lunch, that kind of thing? I guess. Deeper and deeper goes Robinson's danger probe. This example comes from page 32 of a hot ride magazine called Car Life. He is nail-hard and able to join in the macabre laughter of these men, trapped by fate and fancy in their unique existence. But he appreciates life and resents death, and he will not again make friends he will have to forget. Robinson goes into technical detail about matters that any English teacher would, or at least should, in Robinson's judgment, find alarming. The style of writing in Hot Rod magazines, though it has boosted circulation into the millions, has been developed without any consideration for the recognized rules of English usage. It is 
difficult for the uninitiated reader to determine the meaning of material through grammatical analysis. Quote, Mike's problem was not of an information nature, but more of a need for good old physical labor, end quote. That example comes from page 32 of a hot rod magazine called Speed and Custom. Not all of the examples Robinson chooses come from page 32 of a magazine. Some come from pages that have other numbers. A most unusual construction is to be seen in the placement of parenthetical information between a noun and a modifying prepositional phrase instead of after the verb it modifies. Quote, Mike solved the shock-mounting problem on the special by designing a set, parenthesis, with the help of his assistant Jake, parenthesis, of brackets which bolt to the CAE axle, end quote. That example comes from page 48 of the magazine called Speed and Custom. Do you have any idea why a hot rod is called a hot rod? Something like a rod or a shaft is in the car, and if you're running it at high power, it probably heats up. I'm guessing the hot rod. How wildly are you guessing? Not very wildly. I think I'm almost certainly correct. However, however, I have not consulted the OED. Are you speaking as an English teacher or <laughs> as, as a native English speaker or as a physics professor or as a... I'm speaking as a Canadian. A Canadian, okay. As a Canadian and whatever that entails. Robinson does not shy away from hot rod magazine dangers that are, or might be, complex. Directions for doing mechanical work on cars and models mix present and past tense, second and third person, indiscriminately. Quote, the shock exhaust headers were used, although chrome headers are in kit and can be used, they were reversed and turned upside down to exit up and out Instead of down, using the chrome pump tubes from the Fury Kit, cut away, as shown in the drawing, the excess plastic flash on the end, and glue the short stack with the end kicked up to the exhaust headers. The basic block is painted red. That example comes from page 35 of the magazine called Rod and Custom. Robinson could go on and on and does. Yet she shows restraint in that she does not go on forever. There is such a variety of abuses of accepted English usage in Hot Rod magazines that it is almost impossible to quote a passage to illustrate one type of error without including one of another type. Robinson aims for completeness. The danger of Hot Rod magazines is partly in their text, yes, but dangers lurk elsewhere, too, in the souped-up thicket of those Hot Rod magazine pages. The entire approach to language is in as poor taste as some of the advertisement advert What is that word anyway? Advertisements. The entire Nobody ever pronounces that word aloud, do they? We just say ads now. The entire approach to language is in as poor taste as some of the advertisements. One of the most objectionable of these proclaims Small size rat fink looked so good in the drag nut kit that Big Daddy had to do it himself with a special monstrous rat fink all by himself. Gruesome, a real menace, but probably destined to be Revel's greatest monster kit of them all. That example comes from page 43 of the magazine called Rod and Custom. Eleanor M. Robinson finishes with a stark declaration. If the four magazines analyzed present a fair picture of the hot rod periodicals, and there is no reason to suspect that they do not, English teachers must question their effect on high school students. Why must English teachers question the effect of hot rod periodicals on high school students? Because, Robinson tells us, 
students have a natural tendency to accept as correct and appropriate anything that has been given the sanction of printing presses. But what is the sanction of printing presses? Well, I think nowadays we would translate into if you see something in a PowerPoint, you think it's true. And I do agree that if something is published or written in a, in a nice format, you think it's true. <laughs> if you see something in print, you think it's more true than if you just see it scribbled on the, on the wall. Well, let's, let's get back to the, the central thing here, hot rod publications. Are hot rod publications still a danger to students now in this year, in 2000, what year is this, 2016? Okay, I have many friends who follow Formula One race cars, race car races. Yes, I have those friends. That has nothing to do with the question <laughs> I asked you. You're answering a different question entirely than what I'm asking you. Are hot rod magazines still a danger for students? No. You sound a little disappointed at that. No, no, I don't think they were ever a danger for students. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. I invite, advise, and implore you to subscribe to the magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research. Six new issues a year. Get yourself some back issues, too. Also get lots of details about the Ig Nobel Prizes and the ceremonies and how we're coping with the copious constraints of the COVID-19 pandemic and about how you can help via our Patreon. All this at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Yeah, we will. We will. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>